Chapter Twenty Four of Astoria, or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains, by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. New distribution of horses. Secret information of treason in the camp. Rose the interpreter. His perfidious character. His plots. Anecdotes of the Crow Indians. Notorious horse stealers. Some account of Rose a desperado of the frontier on the sixth of august the travellers bade farewell to the friendly band of cheyennes and resumed their journey as they had obtained thirty-six additional horses by their recent traffic mr hunt made a new arrangement the baggage was made up in smaller loads a horse was allotted to each of the six prime hunters and others were distributed among the voyageurs a horse for every two so that they could ride and walk alternately mr crooks being still too feeble to mount the saddle was carried on a litter their march this day lay among singular hills and knolls of an indurated red earth resembling brick about the bases of which were scattered pumice-stones and cinders the whole bearing traces of the action of fire in the evening they encamped on a branch of big river they were now out of the tract of country infested by the sioux and had advanced such a distance into the interior that mr hunt no longer felt apprehensive of the desertion of any of his men he was doomed however to experience new cause of anxiety as he was seated in his tent after nightfall one of the men came to him privately and informed him that there was mischief brewing in the camp edward rose the interpreter whose sinister looks we have already mentioned was denounced by this secret informer as a designing treacherous scoundrel who was tampering with the fidelity of certain of the men and instigating them to a flagrant piece of treason in the course of a few days they would arrive at the mountainous district infested by the Apsaracas or crows the tribe among which rose was to officiate as interpreter his plan was that several of the men should join with him when in that neighbourhood in carrying off a number of the horses with their packages of goods and deserting to those savages he assured them of good treatment among the crows the principal chiefs and warriors of whom he knew they would soon become great men among them and have the finest women and the daughters of the chiefs for wives and the horses and goods they carried off would make them rich for life the intelligence of this treachery on the part of rose gave much disquiet to mr hunt for he knew not how far it might be effective among his men he had already had proofs that several of them were disaffected to the enterprise and loath to cross the mountains he knew also that savage life had charms for many of them especially the canadians who were prone to intermarry and domesticate themselves among the indians and here a word or two concerning the crows may be of service to the reader as they will figure occasionally in the succeeding narration the tribe consists of four bands which have their nestling places in fertile well-wooded valleys lying among the rocky mountains and watered by the big horse river and its tributary streams but though these are properly their homes where they shelter their old people their wives and their children the men of the tribe are almost continually on the foray and the scamper 
they are in fact notorious marauders and horse-stealers crossing and recrossing the mountains robbing on the one side and conveying their spoils to the other hence we are told is derived their name given to them on account of their unsettled and predatory habits winging their flight like the crows from one side of the mountains to the other and making free booty of everything that lies in their way horses however are the especial objects of their depredations and their skill and audacity in stealing them are said to be astonishing this is their glory and delight an accomplished horse dealer fills up their idea of a hero many horses are obtained by them also in barter from tribes in and beyond the mountains they have an absolute passion for this noble animal besides which he is with them an important object of traffic once a year they make a visit to the mandans the minotaris and other tribes of the missouri taking with them droves of horses which they exchange for guns ammunition trinkets vermilion cloths of bright colors and various other articles of european manufacture with these they supply their own wants and caprices and carry on the internal trade for horses already mentioned the plot of rose to rob and abandon his countrymen when in the heart of the wilderness and to throw himself into the hands of savages may appear strange and improbable to those unacquainted with the singular and anomalous characters that are to be found about the borders this fellow it appears was one of those desperadoes of the frontiers outlawed by their crimes who combine the vices of civilized and savage life and are ten times more barbarous than the indians with whom they consort rose had formerly belonged to one of the gangs of pirates who infested the islands of the mississippi plundering boats as they went up and down the river and who sometimes shifted the scene of their robberies to the shore waylaying travellers as they returned by land from new orleans with the proceeds of their downward voyage plundering them of their money and effects and often perpetrating the most atrocious murders these hordes of villains being broken up and dispersed rose had betaken himself to the wilderness and associated himself with the crows whose predatory habits were congenial with his own had married a woman of the tribe and in short had identified himself with those vagrant savages such was the worthy guide and interpreter edward rose we give his story however not as it was known to mr hunt and his companions at the time but as it has been subsequently ascertained enough was known of the fellow and his dark and perfidious character to put mr hunt upon his guard still as there was no knowing how far his plans might have succeeded and as any rash act might blow the mere smouldering sparks of treason into a sudden blaze it was thought advisable by those with whom mr hunt consulted to conceal all knowledge or suspicion of the meditated treachery but to keep up a vigilant watch upon the movements of rose and a strict guard upon the horses at night End of chapter twenty four